Big Rab Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, including two-time world champions in Vararian District. So check out g1reads.com as they keep the lights on here on the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. <laughs> How are you, folks? Hope you're all keeping rightly out there in podcast land. And yeah, you guessed it. Another week has rolled around in the bagpiping world, and it's time for me to sit and blether away in my garage and talk to you all about pipe bands for an hour or so. How are you all keeping? <laughs> well, since last week's episode, actually, that gathered a lot of correspondence from you folks, and we'll get into all of that. Yeah, last week's topic of hobbies was a lot of fun, and... uh yeah, a lot of people kind of, yeah, was kind of motivated following last week's episode. So thank you, everyone. But right, we'll get into all of that. Right, but first of all, let's get through the introductions, shall we? If this is your first ever Big Rab Show podcast, then you are welcome. We are the show for the bagpiping folk, reflecting everything in the bagpiping world, be it Celtic music, folk music, or indeed our bread and butter, competitive piping and drumming. Each and every week we're here talking about what we know and love to be the music of the great Highland Bagpipe and its people. And don't forget, like every other podcast out there, we do have a Patreon where you can go and get your hands on loads of extra stuff, including our Fuse FM Balamoney radio show, uh, which goes out live here two hours every week. And last night's show on Fuse actually was a lot of fun. Um, Hmm. Yeah, a lot of great music played on Fuse last night. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but yeah, if you do want to go and hear that, you can go and listen again uh, on our Patreon page. There you are. So just click on support and you get access to all of those, uh, including we have an exclusive interview there with Ross Ainsley. Yeah, that's on there. Uh, so th- a lot of great stuff back there on Patreon that is just exclusive to our Patreon faithful. So consider going over there and clicking on support and getting your mitts and all that extra stuff. There you are. All righty. Okay, as promised, with every podcast we do, always open the door to our listener mail, bigrabshow at gmail.com. And I have to give a shout out this week to Timothy. Timothy has emailed us in to say, hey, Big Rab, just wanted to say thank you for episode 323 of the Big Rab Show podcast, talking about hobbies. You're quite right in saying that in 2020, pipers and drummers picked up new hobbies. I was one of them. I, let me see, oh, hold on. See, this is what happens whenever I'm reading stuff off a screen. I I lose my place. Yeah, uh, I took up golf again in 2020 and started practicing on my front lawn religiously when the bagpipes got kicked under the bed. (laughs) So, yes, he's now holding me responsible that the bagpipes have now been brought out from under the bed again and managed to have a tune or two over the weekend. Yes. Awesome stuff, Timothy. I love to hear it, man. Uh, so, yeah, he's holding us responsible for any future piping gigs that might go awry. So there you are. Thank you, Timothy, for sending that in to us. Uh, apologies, didn't read it too uh, gracefully, but there you go. <laughs> Wanted to give you a shout-out on the show. And if anything, there was a, a few other emails as well on, on that topic of hobbies where a lot of folks were talking about their own particular hobbies and the reason why they were doing that hobby and how it ties in with the piping scene. So... 
Hi. There's people that take up photography and they bring their camera with them to the games and stuff and take photos of bands, uh, Highland dancers and stuff. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And even uh, writers. We had a couple of writers uh, who you know, contacted us saying, oh, I have a hobby of writing. I write poetry and I write you know, short stories and I write them about the piping scene. So if anything, I would love to see some of that writing. That would be fascinating. Uh, but hi. To every piper and drummer who listened to last week's episode who has a hobby outside of the piping scene, you're not alone. And if anything, us and the Rab Show team, we definitely have our hobbies outside the scene too. That's an interesting pod last week and has generated a big conversation with a lot of folks. So thank you to everyone and shout out to you, Timothy, as well, for sending us in all of those emails and stuff about hobbies. It was a lot of fun. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can go back to listen to last week's episode, episode 323, and uh, join the conversation. Our email address, as always, is bigrabshow at gmail.com. That address again, bigrabshow at gmail.com. There you go. Alrighty, let's move on, shall we? Okay, (laughs) you guessed it. It's time for Word of the Week. Word of the Week here on the Big Rabsha Podcast. Emerging. Yes, this week's Word of the Week is emerging, and for good reason. Uh, Each week we normally do pick a Word of the Week for good reason. Uh, So, yeah, emerging. You may find that through the month of April, we're getting close, through the month of April and through May, which is normally the start of the season, this is when we start to see bands, pipers and drummers emerging from their band halls. Yes, we're going to be flying into, well, tattoos, concerts, all sorts of gigs aplenty across, even in the Celtic and folk scene. A lot of tours have been announced recently by a lot of bands in our folk scene, um, UK tours, US tours, and all across Europe. Uh, so... Yeah, a lot of pipers, drummers, composers, all of it are all slowly emerging from their winter slumber. (laughs) If you want to be poetic, I guess. Uh, But yeah, as you may hear in this week's Dates for Your Diary, there's a lot of concerts coming up. Especially through the month of April, we're looking forward to kind of a plethora of them. And yeah, all through May as well. Normally in May we'd be a little bit quieter for concerts because that's the start of the competition season. Uh, but yeah, there is a wealth of concerts happening all across the piping scene. And we'll talk more about that in Dates for Your Diary. But just to let you know, we are starting to see bands emerging from their band halls. We've just seen competitions and stuff happening there this past weekend. We'll talk more about that, of course, in the news and updates. Uh, but yeah, soloists, pipe bands... Celtic music, folk music are all starting to emerge now from their winter slumber. And uh, that's inspired this week's Word of the Week right there. People are emerging and starting to play again in concert halls and venues all across. And it's just oh, such a great time to be involved in the piping scene, man. It's very exciting. So, yeah, we'll talk more about that, of course, in all of the news and updates. Yeah. So at this juncture, I guess it moves us on to the next point on the show. One of which is a total favourite of ours, Weekly Drone. Yeah, each week we have a section on the show where you can tell us your thoughts and feelings completely anonymously. All you have to do is go to our website, thebigrabshow.com. There's a big button right at the top of the website called the Weekly Drone. You just click on that and fill out your details, as much as you would like to provide or as little, uh, because it's completely anonymous. There's no names, no identifying factors at all. And yeah, you can tell us your story and bring it right here to the podcast and we'll 
chat all about it. It's an open microphone to the piping scene. Uh, without that fear of recrimination, I guess. Uh, so it's an open forum for all pipers and drummers across the globe to tell us their thoughts and feelings. And uh, yeah, we love this section of the show. Uh, so, right, let's check in with JD. JD, what's this week's weekly drone, mate? It's the weekly drone. Hi, Rab. Is the old fashioned two night a week routine a thing of the past? Do half the band turn up on different nights? Does this help or hinder a band's progression, leaving folk frustrated? More and more bands are now favoring a once a week schedule and maybe the occasional weekend as well. What's your thoughts? Oh, Weekly Droner, that's an interesting one. Now, I do know that every band is different, all right? so. Whenever we're getting into generalizations like this, we do kind of run the risk of people sending in angry emails. Oh, but Rab, my band does practice two nights a week, and it works well. Yeah, from my memory of various different bands that I've played with in all different grades, each band has their own setup which works best for them. Depending on the membership of their band, depending on what they do for a living, I guess... And the amount of time that they can commit to practice depends on the flexibility of how many times a week your band can meet and rehearse and practice, I guess. So for me and my experience, yes, that old model of every Monday night or every Thursday night, two nights a week, and then a competition on the Saturday was kind of the norm. The dates kind of interchanged here and there, and the start and end times always kind of interchanged as well. From my experience, most of my band practices that I have been at over the years started at like 7 p.m. and ran all the way through until, well, they're supposed to finish at 10 p.m. But you know yourselves, it normally runs until after midnight at some cases, you know? (laughs) So you're there from 7 p.m. until the wee hours. Uh, So that's most band practices, two nights a week with a competition on the Saturday. And then... And, well, if you have the luxury of not having a competition or a band parade or anything like that to play at over the weekend, then sometimes your pipe major or lead tipper would use that time and say, right, folks, we've nothing on on Saturday. Everybody come down to the band hall for two or three hours and we'll run through the sets and stuff and you'll have a Saturday practice. What we know is happening right now is post-pandemic, bands are just thankful to get their membership through the door once, never mind twice a week. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned there, Weekly Droner, having two practices a week with only half a band turning up on the Monday and then the other half turning up on the Thursday, you're not getting that full practice experience with everyone playing together. You're having half a band here, half a band there, and then you have to try and do the magic trick then and bring everybody together in a weekend at a competition. That's very difficult. I know very little or very few bands that actually make that model work. But I'm not saying it's impossible. In fact, it is possible because uh, we have you know, great evidence of this. Bands such as the Field Marshal Montgomery have a Scottish practice over in Scotland, but they also have a Northern Irish practice here. Uh, for their, you know, their Scottish members over there are still able to gather together and practice and work through the stuff that you know, Richard and co. have set them. And then they all come together again eventually for a big weekend practice periodically throughout the month. Now, I do know that a lot of our grade one big guns are all focusing on Saturday practices at the moment. Now, as to whether that's a post-pandemic thing or whether it's just a logistical thing, whether it suits their membership, right, okay, everyone, we're going to meet on a Saturday rather than the Monday-Thursday thing. We're just going to have one big practice instead of two wee practices. And for a lot of bands, that does seem to work a lot better. I guess 
Yeah, in my opinion, the broken up sort of practice, half a band here, half a band there, it's difficult. Logistically, it's, yeah, in my experience, it takes a lot of work to make it work. And my opinion would be rather to have one big practice with everybody there than to have two little ones every week. So sometimes it's not the frequency, but it's the attendance is the key. And that's my opinion. (laughs) I'm going to hang myself out to dry and say that that's my opinion. Uh, But, yeah, I'm sure I'll get some people on here disagreeing with me. Uh, But, yeah, you know, back in the glory days, I guess, of the late 90s, early 2000s, whenever I was a lead tipper, if I had half a drum corps missing on a Monday night and the other half of the drum corps missing on a Thursday night, I knew it wouldn't work. Uh, So that's when we would have focused on having one big Saturday practice for everyone together. So, yeah, there you go. I'm just throwing myself under the bus. I'd rather have attendance than frequency. There you go. (laughs) Oh, I can see the angry emails coming in right now. I got, Rabbi, you are wrong. Uh, But there you go. Yeah, I know it's an ongoing problem for bands at the moment. We are starting to see membership numbers dropping, not just across in the lower grades, but definitely in the top flight as well. You know, grades one and two, we are starting to see smaller bands fielding for competitions. Uh, So it, it is a concern. And whenever you can encourage your membership by working around their own lifestyles, be it their employment or otherwise, then, yeah, if you can shape your practices to still be a competitive band, but take into account everybody else's needs then that yeah that's definitely a win-win so logistically it's different for every band as what i'll say but from my experience it's uh yeah full attendance rather than the frequency of it yeah you know what i mean anyway i think i've talked that one over in my head way too much but that's my own opinion you can tell me if i'm wrong Again, send us in another angry weekly drone if you want to. <laughs> TheBigRabShow.com forward slash weekly drone. Uh, yeah, every band's different. But yeah, what you guys do for band practice, if it works for you, hey, all the better. But uh, yeah, it's one of those logistical nuts that's very difficult to crack. But it is dependent on every band and their individual circumstances, I guess. Quite an interesting Weekly Drone this week. Thank you, Weekly Droner. And uh, we would love to know your opinions, of course, especially if I'm wrong. Uh, you can email us in, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can send us in your own Weekly Drone. Yeah. All righty. Let's move on. Uh, I think it's getting... Uh, I think it's, we're running up to what, what's the crack, aren't we? Hmm. Do you wish piping could be fun again? Bagpipers around the world continue to struggle with their instrument, despite hours of hard work trying to get better. Bagpiping should be fulfilling. Your hard work should pay off. Showing improvement and the freedom to express yourself musically. Or why do it? The Dojo University believe every piper should be able to free themselves from musical frustration. Proven over more than a decade of successful teaching and accessible anywhere with an internet connection, the dojo is unlike any other bagpipe learning experience in the world. Let the dojo channel your enthusiasm into a fun and fulfilling program that will empower you with the knowledge to fall in love with piping all over again. So go to dojouniversity.com forward slash big grab and take advantage of our 30-day free trial of Dojo Premium Membership. Join the global community of students today and rediscover the fun of bagpiping. dojouniversity.com forward slash big 
offer a 30-day free trial. What's the crack this week? Rob, what's the crack this week? Hi, Rob. What's the crack this week? Rob, 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 what's the crack this week? Hey, Rob, what's the crack this week? Right, the crack this week is that there's loads of piping action that happened over the course of the weekend. We had the clasp competition, of course, there in McFeeder Street, and... Wow, is all I'll say. Such a competitive competition. We'll talk about that, of course. Uh, also, there was a lot of other piping action across in Scotland as well. Of course, we had the North of Scotland branch who held their quartets competition there in Gordon Schools in Huntley. We also had the Ayrshire, Dumfries and Galloway branch who had their competition, which included solos, bands, all of it. We'll talk all about that, of course, as well. There's a lot to unpack there. Great event. Uh, we also have to talk about the European Championship. Tickets are now available for pre-order. So if you are planning on going to the Euros in Aberdeen, tickets are now available. And we'll talk more about that, of course, as well. Also, we are looking forward to an upcoming concert and book launch from Tully Lagan. We'll talk more about that, of course. And there's huge news as well from Waken District, uh, which... Really took a lot of people by surprise. Uh, But yeah, we'll talk more about that, of course, and all the news and updates. So yeah, there's a lot happening in the piping scene, folks. And and yeah, that's what's the crack for this week. But I think at this point in the show, it's time to get into the details, isn't it? Aye, it's time for all the news and updates. Wallace Bagpipes. Quality, pride and passion. Made in Scotland. Proud bagpipe supplier to the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Visit wallacebagpipes.com for more information or contact your nearest dealer. Okay, let's get into all of those news and updates, and there's plenty of them, so we're going to do what we can to get through them. Although, I have to say, if there's anything that we miss, as always, you can email us in, bigrabshow at gmail.com, that address again, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Now, before we do get into all the news and updates and stuff, I do have to put out an apology. Last week, when I was talking about the Chicago Games and Maxville as well, uh, I was kind of reading off an article of pipesdrums.com, and unfortunately, I got it dreadfully wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah, so this is stuff that Rab got wrong, and a lot of you got in contact with me saying, uh, Rab, Maxwell's in Canada, and uh, Chicago is... Uh Chicago, like, well, what, are you all right? So a lot of people got in contact, and yes, I got that dreadfully wrong. So thank you to everyone who got in contact with me. I just want to apologize for the... <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I, I doubt I needed an extra cup of tea that day. Yeah, but anyway. Right, hopefully I'll not make some glaring omissions or errors in this week's show. But hey, I'm not making any promises. It is what it is. It's the Big Rab Show. I'm human. I make plenty of mistakes. Anyway, especially on pronunciations, by the way. I'm, I seem to be really bad at those at the moment. I don't know what it is. Anyway, get into the news, Rab. All right, let's kick things off, with, will we, uh, with the Tully Lagan concert that's coming up. I wanted to talk a bit more about it, of course. It's not your standard concert that you might expect. Band walks on stage, plays a few tunes, walks off again. That's it. Well, 
This time round, the Tully Lag and Pipe Band are holding this huge concert for a reason. They're celebrating 100 years on the road. So it's the beginning of their centenary celebrations. Tully Lag and Pipe Band, as we know, can put on an incredible show. So not only will the, their senior band be on stage, uh, but also their junior band as well. So it'll be brilliant to see all of those guys on stage thumping out the big tunes. So really looking forward to seeing Tully Lagan on stage. Not only will we have the mighty Tully Lagan, but we're also going to have Kalibaki Pipe Band will be there as well. As And then we'll have Grade 1 Big Guns, Klaus Kelt will be there as well. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen Klaus Keld, actually. You think the last we've seen them was at the Worlds last year. So this would be good to play a bit of catch-up, I guess, to see what Klaus Keld have been up to over the winter. And that's not, yeah, same for Kolobaki and for Tully Lagan as well. So I am hoping for some sneak peeks of some competitive material at this concert. Hoping for the best. So, yeah, for those of you interested, I think it is pretty much all but sold out at this point. There might be a few extra seats. I think they're going to try and uh, get an extra row or two in at the back, I've been told. Uh, so, yeah, Saturday the 15th of April in the Bernavin Theatre in Cookstown. Tickets are a tenner. And uh, no doubt we'll repeat this again in Days for Your Diary, but I just wanted to really point you in that direction because this is going to be a special night. Not only will the bands be on stage playing tunes, but Tully Lagan are also launching a book, which is very well illustrated. I've seen a little bit of a preview copy before it went to the printers, and it's packed full of old historical photographs and points of reference and stuff detailing the history behind Tully Lagan Pipe Band from its inception all the way through to the modern day. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. So... Say, I got to leaf through a little bit of a copy. Didn't get much of a chance to have a detailed read at it. Just a kind of a flick through. But man, I'm going to want to get my mitts on this. So you can get your mitts on it too. Heading to the concert. 15th of April, that's when they're launching the book. So yeah, shout out to Tully Lagan. Really looking forward to this. And of course, as I'm talking about Tully Lagan, I have to do it. I'm contractually obliged. Go on, the Lagan! Yeah! There you go. <laughs> so there you go. You can go to the Bernavin box office, which is bernavin.com, and you can go and, yeah, good luck in getting tickets for that one. I think it's pretty much all but sold out. All right. Speaking of tickets, by the way, yes, I did mention this, that the pre-order tickets now for the general public are now available for the Euro, the Euros, yeah, the European Championships in Aberdeen. Now, uh, the tickets for this, uh, for Early Birds, they're calling it, which runs all the way up until the 31st of May. If you buy before the 31st of May, tickets are £9 for an adult, 4 quid for a child. Uh, now, you can get family tickets, which again are discounted all the way up until the 1st of June. And uh, yeah, Early Bird family tickets is 22 quid. There you go. Yeah, and so I think after that, if you, you, the price jumps then from £9 per head, and then the family ticket is £30 quid per head. So, yeah. There is a, an add-on that you can buy as well, which is like a park-and-ride service. So they have like a, a standalone car park, and they have a park-and-ride service involved. So that's £6 quid per head. So you're talking, if you're going to buy your ticket right now, it's £9 per head per adult, and then £6 per person for park-and-ride. So... You can do the math there. That yeah, to get tickets for this, even on pre-order for the Euros, starting to mount up, isn't it? But there you go. Definitely worth the price of admission, though. I would say this. Yeah, this major championship is going to be one to look forward to. Whenever you go to the European Championships uh, website, which has been created by VisitAberdeen.com, uh, you can go and have a look at it. It's very detailed, actually. They've really pulled out all the stops here. 
not only are they talking about the competition and what's involved, but they're also telling you about what's what else is available throughout the city. They're giving you hotel recommendations as well as what you can do when you're staying there, like restaurant choices and you know local tourist attractions and different things like that. So, yeah, making a little bit more of your visit than just the competition, I guess. So, yeah, go along, check out the website, visit abdn.com. There you are, and then forward slash pipeband championships, and you can get your tickets on it there. So, as I say, all of these discounts run up until the 31st of May to the 1st of June. I think it ends 1st of June. Yeah, 1st of June, definitely. Uh, so, there you are. Yeah, get your early bird tickets and get them now and get that discount if you are planning on going to the Euros. Uh, so, yeah, you've been forewarned. Get your t- tickets now and get them early. All right. On to the next news story. Now, there was a lot of competitive piping and drumming over the course of the weekend. And I know people sometimes do get annoyed when I start reading out lists of results and stuff. So if you do want to check out all of these lists of results, we have shared them all out there on the Rab Show social media over the course of the weekend and beyond. Uh, so if you do want the full list of who's who and who won what and where, you can go and check that out on the Rab Show socials. I'm just going to be giving a little bit of a brief summary on each competition that happened over the weekend. First of all, I'm going to kick off with the Clasp competition in McFeeder Street. Again, this was part of the like the competition league of amateur solo pipers. Now, we did talk about the, you know, the Competitive Pipers Association and how that all works and how the points are totted up over the the year and all of that. So it's kind of complicated, but we did get into it, of course, with Anatol on previous Big Rab Show podcast, so you can go back and listen to all of that. This weekend was part of that, the Clasp competition. So the overall Grade 1 winner was Mark Warnock. Well done, Mark. Woo! Indeed, not bad. So Mark finished 5th in the Grade 1 Peabrook. He finished 1st in the March, and he finished 2nd, Strasbourg and Real, and 1st for the 6th March. So that was enough points-wise to pull him into the overall winner position in Grade 1. So well done, Mark. Uh, so lifting the Peabrook competition, I'll just run through these briefly. We had Colin Ines, uh yeah, he picked up the Peabrook competition. Uh, the Strasbourg and Real went to Theo Pratt. And I say, yeah, the March and the 68 March went to Mark Warnick. So there you are. The class competition. Uh, I have to say, the class competition has been one that I'm really kind of getting kind of into. Yeah, I've been following the results now of each class competition. It does seem to be ultra competitive. You know, even in the lower grades. You know, even grades three, grades four. Yeah, or grid grid two, sorry. It's yeah, it's been really interesting watching this and seeing how players do develop over time and how they improve. Uh, so yeah, if you are interested or curious at all, I would go and have a look at the clasp competition. And there are some various recordings and stuff available. Uh, yeah, it makes for some interesting listening for sure. There's a lot of great piping happening there. So shout out to the folks at the National Piping Centre and everyone involved in the clasp competition. It's definitely one to check out for sure if you're a solo piping fan. That's for you to check out, yeah. But, hey, there you go. That's another one behind us. And well done to Mark Warnock for lifting that top prize there as overall winner at, at this past weekend. Well done. Okay, now I have to give a mention, of course, to a huge event that took place this past weekend was the Ayrshire, Dumfries and Galloway Branches competition. And, yeah, it was just stupendous. Looking at the quality of the recordings and stuff that came back to us, so, of course, as always, we've shared out those recordings as we found them, uh, but also we've shared out the results as well. So this had all sorts of solo piping, solo drumming, solo tenor drumming. So uh, There was so much solo work in here, uh, so there was a lot to consider. Uh, but also, 
yeah, the bands were involved as well in like a mini band kind of scenario. So we had grades 4B, 4A, grade 3 and grade 2. No grade 1 on the day. But I have to say, listening to these band performances at the competition, stupendous. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. It was great to see everyone back out again getting a good run. And the band sounded well. So, yeah, winning the Grade 4B competition, which was a March competition on the day, was the Greyfriars Grey Pipes and Drums. Well done. Uh, in Grade 4A, then we had Strathendrick, who lifted the MSR there in Grade 4A. Uh, let me see. Uh, grade 3, then, went to the Air Pipe Band Society. Go on, Air! Yep! Had to give you a shout there, lads. Uh, second place in Grade 3 was Lower Clyde Pipes and Drums, and third was Strathendrick. And then in grade two was Lower Clyde Pipes and Drums who played up. There you are. Awesome stuff. So that that competition itself, we've shared out a plethora, there's a word for you, a plethora of performances from this. Uh, but just wanted to give a shout out to everyone involved there at the Ayrshire Dumfries and Galloway branch and their competition that yeah, just seemed to be a roaring success. Big crowds at it, actually, as well. There's some stellar performances, so... Yeah, fantastic stuff. All right, now I also have to give a mention to another competition that happened over the weekend, and that was the RSPBA North of Scotland Branches Quartet Competition at Gordon Schools in Huntley. Now, again, lots of competition had, and I'm not going to like read a hashtag list, uh, but just to give you a bit of a summary, uh, winning the Grade 4 March competition was the Fraserburgh RBL Pipe Bands. Not bad. And then Grade 4 MSR went to the Towie Pipe Bands. Yeah. And grade three then went to D side Caledonia A. Yeah, not bad. And again and then grade two, uh it went to Buck and Peterson. Yeah, with a great performance by the way. I managed to have a, a bit of a juke at it there, so well done, Buckin. And uh, and grade one then lifting the top spot was Port Leithan and District B band. Yeah. Buck and Peterson came second in grade one, followed by Port Leithan and District A band. There you are. Went in third place. So there you go. Uh, as I say, there is a wealth of information out there on both of these competitions. I would urge you, if you are curious in any way, you can go and have a look at all the photographs, videos of performances. All of that is all up in each of those respective branches' social media. You can go and catch them all. Of course, with Cheryl's and Rab Show, we've shared them out everywhere as well. Uh, but, yeah, full congratulations to everyone there, both at the North of Scotland branch and to also the Ayrshire branch. The competitions were just stupendous. And it's brilliant to see bands back out again and playing again. You know, as part of that word of the week emerging, I guess. So uh, it's fantastic to see folks out playing again, getting back on concert mode and competition mode. And yeah, it's just brilliant to see. So, right. Let's move on to another little news story, one of which that didn't hit our Watch the Crack. I have to give a shout to Pipe and Live, who have a couple of exciting announcements, actually. Pipe and Live have launched a bit of a competition. Uh, yeah, they've announced a, launched a brand new competition, all right, for emerging talent. All right, now this is interesting. Now, the competition gives brand new UK-based acts the chance to compete for a slot on the festival's popular street cafe stage. And also the Festival Club. It'll be part of the 20th edition of the world's biggest week of piping, as they put in their press release. Lovely. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to the guys at Piping Live. If you are curious about this at all, maybe you're part of a brand new band here in the UK and you might fancy your chances of playing at Piping Live. Well, now's your chance. All you have to do is send them a video link of any performance of your band from within this past year, I think. 
and yeah, just email it marketing at pipeandcenter.co.uk. And entries must be with them by April 30th at 5 pm. Uh, so, to be considered for that slot at all, you need to get that video done and with them by April 30th. So, if you do fancy your chances of playing at Piping Live with your band, now's your shot. Yeah, you'll be given a spot. On that, yeah. Oh, the street cafe is amazing, man. At piping live, yeah. So it has some of the biggest guns on there, and to be a part of that, wow. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's quite an interesting opportunity, right there, for sure. There you go. Shout out to piping live. If you are interested, you can go along to the piping live website for more information, or you can even go onto the National Piping Centre where they've published that information, of course, as well. And you can go and check that out. Right, just that we're on the topic of Piping Live, they have also opened their door for another great opportunity. And yes, as it happens every year, but this gets filled up really quickly. So I'm just giving you a good heads up now, well ahead of time. Same email address again, marketing at thepipingcenter.co.uk. They are putting a call out for pipe bands. Yes, pipe bands, we need you! Yeah, they're saying if your band is coming over to Glasgow this summer and would like to take part in the Buchanan Street pop-up performances... Then they're asking you to get in touch with them. Now, I know a lot of different bands over the years that have done this and absolutely want to do it again. (laughs) I have yet to hear a band who's had a bad experience. Maybe there's been one performance right now, I think, from Simon Fraser who did it. And they were standing in the lashing rain, uh, which was a bit rubbish, but that was years ago. I think it was about 20 plus years ago at this stage. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to the guys at Pipe and Live. This is such a brilliant opportunity for any pipe bands out there to be a, pi- a part of the Pipe and Live Festival and to play in the centre of Glasgow in the middle of Pipe and Live Week. And the crowds are incredible. It is honestly a huge buzz. So, if you are interested at all, or if you think your band would love to take part in it, then email them, marketing at thepipeandcenter.co.uk. And yeah, who knows, your band may well be included as part of the one of those Buchanan Street pop-ups, as they call them. Uh, now, not only in Buchanan Street, but we do know that there's performances at the Piping Centre and stuff as that as well. You know, there's performances all across the city, but those are like two of the main ones that we're aware of. You know, the Buchanan Street one and the one that we have at the Piping Centre. So yeah, they're very, very popular. So yes. If you want to feel like a bit of a rock star for a day, then, yeah, there's your opportunity. Be a part of the Pipe and Live Festival. Marketing at thepipeandcenter.co.uk. There you are. All right. As mentioned in What's the Crack, we got quite a surprising announcement, I guess, from Wakeham District Pipe Band. Now... Joe Brady, of course, is an absolute legend, good friend of the show, and uh, yeah, we love a bit of Joe Brady here in the show. Legend! Uh, Well, Joe recorded a bit of a video explaining the decision-making process behind what was quite a huge announcement from Wakeham District. So instead of me explaining it in my own dulcet tones, I figured we should get a listen to this message as recorded by Joe Brady just a few days ago, and we find out what's going on with Wakeham District. Wakeham District is putting pause on its grade three competition band. Over the years, we've evolved and adapted to change. Change is always a big challenge. I've always felt good endings lead to good beginnings, which is why I'm pulling the bandaid off to talk about our grade three band as this exact example. Great bands are living things. They ebb and they flow. And we've had so many people come in and out of our circle these past 10 years. We've had good times, good runs and bad runs. We've had a great go over the past 10 years in grade three, including our most recent unprecedented sweep in Chicago last summer. 
And we want our members to have a good ending. When you leave something or something closes successfully, it's a foundation for which to build strategically, emotionally, professionally on what's next. So our members are the best example of all about a good ending leading to a good beginning. I also think we go through different transitions in pipe band life, and it's important to go to something, not run from it. And again, our members are the best example of this. Our pipers, our drummers, our leadership here in Raleigh, all they provide. You always leave something better than you found it. Ken, Kelsey, and so many more have done this, and they've given us incredible assets. I think it's a gem. I think it's a jewel by which we can build in the nucleus of what we do for piping and drumming in the region. They're the very best example of all, and we at Wake appreciate them, and we're thankful for them. Thank you, Joe Brady. Now, this message was announced by Awaken District Pipe Band three days ago and really did come as a bit of a surprise to a lot of folks in the piping scene. Uh, as far as I was aware, we were really looking forward to seeing Awaken District at this incoming year for the World Championships. And we were expecting them to compete in grade 3, I said 3B or 3A, so one of the two. Uh, but we do know that Wake and District were making all sorts of plans to head across the, the big water and compete in Glasgow at the 2023 Worlds. Now, whether this will change those plans, don't know. Um, yeah, maybe this is stuff that Rab got wrong. Maybe nothing has changed and Wake and District will be across to compete at the Worlds. Uh, but seeing this announcement that the Grade 3 band has now been put in a break and in a pause, I guess... It's a little bit of a surprise, and I really do hope that the band continues in some form or other, even from a lower grade perspective or higher. We just don't know. So, yeah, shout out to Joe Brady. Uh, That man is really gifted with words. You know, I should really get Joe to write scripts here for the Rab Show. (laughs) Hi, Joe, what's your favorite cheese, buddy? Yeah, so Waken District, with that kind of surprising announcement, really took people, uh, that kind of took me by surprise, and I was wow, what's happening? Um, so, yeah, bands ebb and flow, as Joe says, and obviously Waken District have made the decision now to put their Grade 3 band on pause. What that means for their future in competition field, we just don't know. I really do hope to see them on the grass in Glasgow, so hopefully anyone from Waken District listening right now, can answer that question, then please do send us in an angry email. Oh, Rob, you idiot. Of course we're coming to the world. Are you mad? Well, then please let me know. Yeah, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Let me know that this is stuff that Rab got wrong. But yeah, quite a surprising announcement there from Wigan District. Hmm, there you go. So, before we get into this week's topic on everything, I have to talk about Black Bear. Now, you guys may well know who Black Bear are. They're a travel company based in Australia, and they specialize in travel to the worlds and attending the world championships each year. Well, of course, Black Bear are making huge plans uh, for anyone who wants to travel from the the land down under up to Scotland, and yeah, to take in everything, the sights and sounds and all of it at the World Championships, including the Pipe and Live Festival, yeah, go and check out Black Bear. But the reason I'm saying this is because they've now launched something that's really quite awesome. Yeah, they've launched a YouTube channel where they're going to be uploading pipe band videos from all different competitions in Australia. And recently they've featured the Melbourne Highland Games and Celtic Festival. Uh, So if you are interested, 
go along to their YouTube channel. We've shared out the link and everything, which is youtube.com forward slash at the black bear. There you are. So you can go along and have a, a joke at that. And it is filled with all sorts of great piping and drumming from down under. And yeah, that Melbourne competition seemed to be really hotly contested. So yeah, shout out to Black Bear. Just wanted to give you a good shout on the pod this week. Uh, we do know that you're a fantastic company providing travel for a wealth of piping fans down under. Uh, so yeah, go and check them out on social media, of course, and on their YouTube channel, which is quite an interesting new venture for them. Yeah. And uh, if anything, I'm looking forward to bumping into them at the world. So if any of you are traveling, with Black Bear to this year's Worlds, we want to hear from you. You can email us in bigrabshow at gmail.com. Yeah, anybody traveling with Black Bear, give us a shout and we'd love to hear from you. Indeed. Maybe grab a few selfies on the grass. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to give it a very brief shout out to the Ulster Scottish Pipe Band as well, who held their big event there this past weekend, which was called The Gathering which was, seemed to be very well attended. And, of course, the band themselves, the Ulster Scottish Pipe Band, put on a bit of a performance. Uh, so, yeah, just shout-out to everyone there at the Ulster Scottish Pipe Band. Yeah, just stellar, absolutely sounding brilliant. And, yeah, go and check out that performance. It's up there now in the Ulster Scottish Pipe Band social media account. Well worth checking out. There you are. Well, just one last news story before we get into everything with the topic of the week. Just a few hours ago from the point of recording this, I have to give a shout out to the Air Pipe Band Society. Go on, the Air Pipe Band, you! The reason I'm giving you a shout is the announcement is that change of lead drummer. Yeah, Robert Andrew, who we know was their lead tipper, uh, has decided to step back. Yeah. And now, yeah, passing over the sticks to Murray Stewart. So Murray will be their brand new lead tipper for the rest of the season. Now, as to why this decision was made by Robert to step back, no idea. Uh, But we know Murray has been a member of Air Pipe Band Society now for quite a while. So, yeah, definitely well used to playing within the ranks. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what Murray brings there to the back row. So, well done on your new role. And, uh... Yeah, good luck to the Air Pipe Band Society. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you on the grass this incoming season, especially now with your brand new lead tipper. Good stuff, Murray. Looking forward to that. (laughs) McLennan Bagpipes by North Carolina artisan instrument maker Roddy McLennan from Euston, Scotland. Proud supplier of bagpipes, small pipes and chanters to Ali the Piper. One-of-a-kind instruments crafted from the finest materials using traditional skills for more than 30 years. Attention to detail and dedication to the highest standards of quality guarantee you a bagpipe which is more than just a musical instrument, but also a work of art. Custom made for you in a variety of wood with the widest range of profiles in the industry. Repair, restoration, replacement, refurbishment services also available. Check out bespokebagpipes.com for more information. McLennan Bagpipes, born in Scotland, made in the USA. It's time for Dates for Your Diary, here on the Big Rap Show Podcast. Yes, so pen and paper at the ready, time for Dates for Your Diary. So, this weekend, of course, 1st of April, 
There's a lot happening this weekend. Uh, the Chicago Pipe Band are celebrating their 20th anniversary concert. We've mentioned it more than a few times now on the podcast, but yeah, have the best celebration, folks, there at the Chicago Pipe Band, the 20th anniversary concert. There you are. So that's on the 1st. Also on the 1st of April, we have the Balamoney Tattoo, where I will be there uh, presenting a huge charity tattoo in Balamoney Town. So... Looking forward to that. And that's, well, kicking off the 31st of March, but also ticking in the 1st of April as well. The Balamoney Charity Tattoo. Also, on the 1st of April is the Monster Solos. Uh, and, yeah, we mentioned this on last week's podcast, where it's going to be held in, uh, let me see, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Courtenay Boys Primary School in Gort Boy and County Limerick. There you are. Um, that's probably stuff that Rab got wrong. But yeah, the Munster solos are on the 1st of April. But also on the 1st of April, uh, for soloists, is the Scottish Adult Solo Drumming Championships. They're being held in the James Young High School. And oh, really looking forward to this because there is, of course, those pre-Worlds qualification spots available. So that's going to be an event to watch for sure. So the Scottish Adult Solos taking place in Livingston there at the James Young High School on April 1st. On the 2nd of April, then, the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland are celebrating their 20th anniversary with a huge concert in the Usher Hall in Edinburgh. So that's on the 2nd on the Sunday. So shout out to the National Youth Pipe Band. Looking forward to them. Apparently, we're also going to get a guest appearance from Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton at that gig, amongst others. So looking forward to that show for sure. There you are. On the 14th of April, then, for you golfers out there, the St. Lawrence Atul Pipe Band are holding a golf fundraiser. Uh, a huge golf tournament happening there for, uh, to raise money for St. Lawrence Atul. It's being ha- uh, held at the Westmanstown Golf Club. Yeah, so that's on the 14th of April. And you can check out St. Lawrence Atul's social media for more details if you want to get involved in that. On the 15th of April, we're going to Cookstown for the Bernavin Theatre, where Tully Lagan Pipe Band will be celebrating their 100th anniversary. Uh, they're also launching a book at this event as well. Uh, the concert itself will feature, feature Tully Lagan Pipe Band, along with their development band, but also Kulabaki Pipe Band and Klaus Kelt from Grade 1 will also be on concert celebrating with Tully Lagan for their centenary. So there you are. <clears throat> 15th of April in the Bernavin Theatre in Cookstown. Then on the 22nd of April, we're heading for to Listener Garvey High School again, but this time for the Ulster Solos. So, yeah, for more, more information on those, you can go to rspbani.org. But, yeah, Ulster Solos happening on the 22nd of April. That's just around the corner, only a few weeks' time. And then, of course, after that, yeah, the 28th of April, we have a huge concert. The Pipe Major Frank Andrews Tribute Concert in the Tully Glass Hotel in Ballymena, featuring none other and the Field Marshal Montgomery. So, yeah, that's going to be a really special night of music. Uh, so, yeah, expect a lot of content from ourselves and the Rab Show from this upcoming concert. We're really looking forward to it. 28th of April. Um, I'm not sure if tickets are still available for it or not, but, um, yeah, that's a definite date for your diary for one thing that you will not want to miss. Yeah, Pipe Major's Frank Andrews Tribute Concert. That's going to be fantastic. 28th of April. Well, folks, that's pretty much it for Dates for Your Diary, then. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think you've held on long enough now at this point. <clears throat> or should I make you wait another... No, I shouldn't, no. <laughs> yeah, you guessed it. It's time for me to go and get a big cup of tea. It's finally time for the topic of the week. The British Drum Company is driven by their passion to create the finest marching drums for those who recognise and value the highest of standards. The Axial Series is the British Drum Company's flagship pipe band range. Axial's distinctive aesthetic owes much to its X-frame cage system. 
This futuristic hardware is designed to complement all of the amazing shell finishes on offer, such as the Phantom, Smoked Walnuts, and the very popular Merlin finishes, of which there are three new additions for 2022, Platinum, Violet, and Emerald. The Basin Tenors now come with Georgian Oak Hoops, which feature their head stress management system and wide mass claws for all-round better tension across the heads. The British Drum Company's Axial Series is innovation defined, designed and engineered for you to look amazing, sound amazing and feel amazing. Hi, this is Ross Ainsley and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Ah, uh, yes. Topic of the week time. And yeah, you may have guessed by the title of this week's episode. It does give you a little bit of a clue as to what we're going to be talking about. The RNZ PBA and their incredible work at the National Championships just a few weeks ago. Now, I have to say, this is quite a special conversation and took a bit of putting together. So shout out to Liam and to Libby for taking time out of their day to have a chat with us here in the Rab Show. Given the, the time difference and everything, you know, between the UK and New Zealand, it was a bit difficult to line up, but... Uh, Yeah, we got there in the end. So for those of you who aren't aware, the New Zealand Nationals took place there a number of weeks ago and they had extensive coverage across all grades. It was just incredible. If you haven't checked out their YouTube channel or any of their social media for that matter, you really should. And right, that's all I'm going to say, uh, because the coverage from their national championships has been second to none. And we've been huge fans of it here on the Rab Show. So we just had to catch up with Liam Kernahan and Libby O'Brien to find out just how all this all came around. You know, the production value, the work that went in behind the scenes. Yeah, it's such an incredible operation. So, yeah, of course, I had to take time to chat with them both to find out just what's all happening there in New Zealand. So let's welcome Liam and Libby to the Rab Show podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Liam Kernahan and Libby O'Brien. How are you folks as well? Well, thank you, Rab. Yeah. yeah, good to be here. Oh, man, I am so excited to have you on because we've got a load of questions and we're going to talk about the nationals, of course. For those of you in the piping scene, of course, you're bound to have seen it by now, all of the piping action that happened in New Zealand. Liam, I'll turn to you first of all. The nationals seem to be a roaring success, mate. How did you find them? Yeah, kia ora. Uh, it was It was fantastic. I mean, we didn't have the nationals last year because of the COVID pandemic, so it was the first time back in, in two years and... Um, not only do we have the most bands we've had in something like five years, but also in terms of the public coming in, you know, they actually ran out of physical tickets to give to people. We were just inundated with members of the public coming in and checking wow, it out. Wow, so, really? Ran out of tickets? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and so, you know, if, if, you've, if you've looked at the live stream, you will have seen the, the crowd surrounding the Grade 1 and 2 arena. And uh, it just really was a fantastic weekend. You know, we had a really um, noticeable increase in the standard of the bands as well. Mm. Um, it was a fantastic weekend all around. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think the standards have definitely lifted from the last time we've seen the Nationals at New Zealand. I think people have spent the pandemic just practicing. I think that's all they were doing. <laughs> I think it, that, it's that, right. yeah, like it's across all grades. I mean, we're not just talking the top flight here, grades one and two, but all grades seem to lift this time right, Liam. Yeah, absolutely. And then, look, I was lucky enough to be on on, on the pen and um, heard all the bands throughout the weekend and a noticeable improvement from the 2021 Nationals. And I think everyone was a wee bit worried with COVID that people might take a bit of a break and look at other alternative hobbies and things like that. But something's happened because seriously, right from grade 4B, 
through to grade one, you know, as you say, the, the, the standard of improvement was really noticeable and it was an absolute delight just to sit back. I mean, you, you sort of you sort of sit there on the pen and you're riding away and you're trying, but you actually don't necessarily get to sit back and just appreciate it. And so I've I've, I've gone back and listened to it and it was it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it was. And some of the bands just seem to be having a lot of fun as well. Now, Libby, I'm going to turn to you now about the fun element of it. You were there helping with the live stream and presenting everything for folks online. And you commented about the, the fun factor. That, that there was bands there playing like rock and roll numbers and stuff. Like they were just having fun with it, weren't they? They were. And it was it was quite cool to hear. I think it was Rock Around the Clock. And I can't remember that's, what that's band it was. That's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and kind of in the same vein as Liam, um, uh, you know, we were kind of racing around organising people to have a chat to, which is really cool. And we, we weren't able to kind of hear, you know, usually if you're spectating or if you're playing and then you're going back to listen to the grade, you actually listen to the entire performance. But we didn't get that luxury, which was fine. But what was really cool was being able to focus on the fun side of it, where, you know, um, if, you, if you've if you been to a New Zealand pipe band competition, and most band competitions, but I do think it's probably next level in New Zealand, it's just that it's the banter and it's the vibe and it's just everyone's just stoked to be there. And the music is so important as well, but it's just so much more than that. And it was quite exciting to be able to, it's neat that you kind of picked that up, right? To be, you know, to kind of portray what goes on when it's not final tuning and racing to get to the line. What was really neat too at this particular contest in Christchurch was there were a lot of people there that weren't pipe banders and they'd sort of maybe seen the street march on the Saturday, uh, sorry, on the Friday and come on the Saturday, or they'd just sort of heard bands practicing in the days leading up to the contest and someone, you know, these ambassadors that our pipe band people are had said, oh, just come along down to the park and they had. Um, So it was great. And it's just, I think also after having a break because of COVID, it was all the more important for everybody to have some time together, which is always a just such a, that's the thing I don't know about you, Liam, but, you know, you come away from the contest and whatever role you have, if you're just there and you just, your cup is filled from seeing people from all around the world who have come to New Zealand for the contest. Yeah, I have to, I can't remember the name of the couple that you spoke to, Libby, but they were just that. They kind of just, we didn't know this was happening and, uh, <laughs> This is amazing. So would that would that happen a lot? Like, was there a lot of people there that just just there to find out what the heck is going on? There were definitely a lot of people during the street march um, who, hmm. you know, it's we're our biggest promoters when we're quite loud as performers. You know, you go out there. So there were a few people who had just come down for a walk, and probably kudos to the organising committee who had done some really good marketing to get people there because it's a Friday afternoon for the street march, so people are yeah. taking time off work or their kids have finished school or they're pulling them out of school. But there were, it it definitely felt to me like there were a few people who weren't your traditional, you know, pipe band families or performers who had come along to play, which was great. And that's a really big focus for us here in New Zealand is to sort of, um, is to kind of rid ourselves of some of that, not insular, but pipe band people, we kind of stick together and we listen to bands and stuff, but it's how do we, that's one of the questions is how do we stretch that to a bigger audience to raise awareness of how fun everything is and how great the music is. There you go. Well, I have to say it's a definite win for the branch and everything there in New Zealand, because that's something that you've definitely achieved this time around. I hope you don't mind me saying so, Uh, because Liam and Libby, both the online live stream was incredible. Now I know production value. I know what it's like to stream at a competition and I'm there standing in the lashing rain with my cell phone. 
<laughs> but you guys actually brought in a proper professional company to do this, Liam. So, tell me about the production then of the live stream and how did this come to be? Yeah, so we've we've live streamed the Nationals um, since about 2015, 2016. And so each year we've sort of looked at it and said, how, how can we do it better? And from from the very beginning, we've actually engaged a guy called Tim from from Melbourne, his his company, Fivestream, um, but probably better known by some of your viewers as Brass Band, has been on board and is just an absolute consummate professional and just a fantastic dude. He's he's colloquially sort of nicknamed Handsome Tim because he's 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 a good looking fella, but also he's just <laughs> just a great guy to get along with. Um, and and so for us, um, we we at Hawks Bay, we couldn't bring Tim in because we were still right in the middle of COVID and our borders were shut, so we used a local company. We're really keen to get Tim back on board because he he does really just get it and understand mm-hmm. our requirements. But we really wanted to sort of supercharge it this year. And for us, it was about saying, you know, all the previous times were great, but how can we make this better? And so we souped it up with fantastic graphics, introductory videos of some of the bands. We tried to do more in, in, in terms of bringing people into to be interviewed and to engage. And, and I think for us, and as, as Libby touched on earlier, it, it's not just for the pipe band community. I mean, it's certainly fantastic that 12,000 miles away in the UK, you can be sitting there watching it. But it's also making sure that members of the public that might happen to fall upon the YouTube link can get a sense of what the pipe band community is about. And, and Tim was really big about that. I mean, Tim said to us from the get-go, this has got to be more than just the pipe band community. You know, we want to make sure that this is something that if you know nothing about bagpipes and drums, you can sit there and absolutely have a really good understanding and knowledge of it. So mm-hmm. we, we we were delighted. I mean, Tim t- Tim brings his lovely partner and and another fella from his company across from Melbourne for a couple of days. Uh, and 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 Libby and Phil got to sit in the tent and be around them all the time. And and just absolute legends. You know, we're just so lucky to have their their services. Uh, it was fantastic. So Libby, I'm going to ask you what it's like in that tent then, with all those knobs and buttons and screens everywhere. And the sheer operation of it, was there many people on the ground producing this? Like how complex was it? It was it was a very good exercise in multitasking. Um I think there <laughs> the were diplomatic there were way of putting it. Roles. Yeah, that was good. I like <laughs> and, that. <laughs> and it's really cool because um, you know, we wanna it's not something that we can splash hundreds of thousands of dollars on. And the you know, if you've if you've got the coin, the world's your oyster, but it's around getting that bang for buck and also um and bringing in some people on the ground who want to be a part of this as well. So I think we had five cameras um, and we had the guy who was actually doing the mixing, who was actually operating a camera as well. So we had one in the tent who was able to zoom in while he was, you know, switching between the the camera views. Mm. It's pretty cool being in that tent. And what was a little bit different to what we've done in the past is often we've had like myself and Phil or someone else talking to the performances, just sitting kind of behind the scenes, which is great because you can kind of you can kind of kick back and you can have a coffee and you can have a bit of a chat. Um, and as Liam touched on, one of the cool things was to actually come out of the tent a little bit this time and we had the cameras and we had the gear and the crew to be able to do that. Um, because there's, you know, it's it's always that in the tent, do you want to kind of critique the performances or do you want to just talk about you know, the vibe or what's going on. Yeah. Um, and it's getting that mix. And so what was so much fun this year was actually going out and talking to people. So I didn't spend that much time in the tent, actually, this year. <laughs> in the past, I have. Um, the last Nationals we were at was so cold. And we were sitting in this tent right on the circle, which was awesome. And it was open so you could see. We had, like, one of the best views. But we were what you couldn't see is we were wrapped up in blankets and it was such unseen <laughs> weather for the Hawks Bay. So we were really fortunate this year. The weather was just crack. The sun was cranking. 
And the task for me, I had an umbrella at one point because I was at risk of getting burnt, you know, talking to all these people. So um, the tent's magnificent. And again, it's just seeing the the production and what goes in behind the scenes. I actually wish we could share that even more because there's quite a lot that goes into it. Mm. Um, and even just, you know, we had one camera at one point that we were sharing when we had the two circles on the Friday. We would share a camera, we'd have a camera in the circle, and then we'd have to race the camera out to talk to people. Um, and it was fine. It was totally fine. But it was just that sort of, it was two nine-hour days of just constantly thinking, right, what's coming next, which is really, really, really cool. Um, but lucky to be able to have such a well-oiled machine to make that happen smoothly. Oh, here, I have to say, it has been a complete success. The production value is incredible. And Liam, you mentioned those little videos in between bits when there's like a little break or something. That I want to come to New Zealand now. You know, those visit New Zealand videos, it looks amazing. People mountain biking and bungee <laughs> jumping. It looks incredible. Uh, so but that was all part of the production, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So look, I mean, as I said, p- part of it is, you know, obviously showcasing the, the bands and the competition, but also it's trying to encourage more people to come to New Zealand. You know, it is quite far away. We sort of sit at the bottom of the earth, but it is a fantastic place to be. And so quite early on, we we had a chat to the Christchurch City Council, which is like the local authority, and, and, and they provided that video. But um, I spent a number of hours putting together all of those intro videos and sort of explainers because for, for a lot of people, actually, a March just by NRL and a medley makes absolutely no sense. You know, it's not a, it's, it's not something you hear about in, in, in everyday conversation. So we, we really wanted to bring that. But I mean, the Christchurch city itself was really welcoming. You know, as Libby said, you had bands practicing all over the city. The, the council was was super supportive. You know, they had to give permission for the street march to happen, which is obviously a really important part of the the, the nationals for us. And so they were fantastic. And so hopefully more people like you, Rab, who watch the nationals and watch the live stream will come to New Zealand next year. It'll be oh, fantastic. You're, yeah, you're going to have to try and keep me away, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, did you hear many stories of people holding watch parties? Because us on the Rab Show team, we definitely did in all of our own homes. You know, I, we booked the days off work and everything. The fridge was full of beer and snacks. Did you get many people around the world having watch parties? Yeah, we we we, we definitely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like it's 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 probably not at the same level as the world's, but I think there is some interest, obviously, in New Zealand. You know, we've got, for instance, three Grade One bands from New Zealand going to the worlds this year. We've got Auckland and District, Manawatu and and Canterbury. So I think there was some interest there. But yeah, we had we had watch parties and people sending in messages from the United States, Canada, the UK, Ireland. You know, it was it was fantastic to see where we're obviously of interest right around the world. Oh, it's fantastic to see. Yeah. Now, I am going to ask a few questions from the Big Rab Show. We have come under criticism in the past for live streaming events, saying that it negatively impacts on the event and the piping scene, and that maybe we shouldn't be streaming because, you know, we're preventing people from coming through the gate and all of that kind of stuff because they'll stay at home and they'll watch it on their phone or whatever. But as we can see, the live stream at the Nationals certainly didn't hurt things for you folks. Um, Libby, what's your opinion on, you know, the, the live streaming element of the Nationals? Do you think it harmed it in any way? Yeah, I don't. It is an interesting question, and it's one of those things that comes up. You know, are people in New Zealand going to go, well, the, the stream's available, so we'll just stay at home? Um, I think the overarching thing for me personally is just is taking it to the masses. So as we've sort of touched on is, um, I mean, realistically, I think pipe band people in New Zealand, we're, we're, we're pretty into it and we're 
we're pretty lucky we can travel to these contests. Um, and because so much of it is more than just the music, it's the catching up and it's going for a beer with your mates you haven't seen for a bit and hearing the bands um, live, it's probably not so much of an issue for us here. But I think the motivation behind doing it, um, when you look at, you know, you break it down and you look at the numbers of who's actually watching it live, they're not they're not hundreds of thousands of people, but then it's all about actually the content once it's done. So people who, because of time differences, they can't, they don't, you know, they can't have the watch parties because they have to go to work or look after the kids. Yeah. But I think the really cool thing is, is it's, it's um, who has access to that going forward. And even, you know, Liam's put the videos up on YouTube and they've, we, I think it was up to 15,000 views in really wow. only a couple of weeks, um, which is pretty good. That's amazing. And yeah. It's it's amazing, and that those numbers will grow. And again, it's not really about you know getting the hits on the YouTube videos, like and subscribe, but it's more around how can we get people coming to New Zealand, wanting to be a part of the contest, raising the awareness of New Zealand bands and our and our South Pacific bands um, in Australia and further afield. But actually, like you know, someone just stumbling across and seeing the footage. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's a, a problem for us here. Uh, mm. because I think people, it's a, it's a social highlight and a musical highlight of everyone's calendar when there's a contest on. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm not too worried about the about the criticism. Uh, I mean, know. it's a shame to get it, but, yeah, not too bad for us. I have to agree. And you mentioned there about giving, you know, your musicians a platform, and this is kind of a global platform, Liam, and, you know, having these videos there for prosperity, you know, that, that's something that will stay there you know, that you can refer back to in years to come. And it's a bit of a focus, I guess, you know, of the branch of using that to kind of help promote the musicians and the bands, the whole entire scene, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, bands themselves really want to share their their, their content. They, they really want to share their performances. And so we want to give them an avenue for that. But I think as well as um, what, what Libby said, you know, New Zealand, although a fantastic place to live and, and to come visit, it's quite hard to get around and quite hard yeah. to get to. Like, it's it, it's not like the UK where we're just one one sort of island and, and Northern Ireland's sitting just not too far away. You know, it, yeah. to get to Christchurch, it can cost you a lot and it takes a lot of time and we had bands from Australia that were across it's just it's not possible for everyone to actually get there so as Libby said it's that accessibility thing but it is also important for the bands to have that that content to be able to share it with their friends and family share it on their social media and then to look back because as because as we said right at the start you know like compared to 2021 the standard was just so much better and so it's nice yeah. to be able to compare contrast. absolutely so that, I have seen a lot of the bands that were competing at the championships using those videos then and saying hey look at us we played at the nationals and look at this so it's it's something that you know both the branch can use as a promotional tool but also the bands as well so hey i'm all for it it's fantastic right i need to ask you about the street march competition it's something we don't do here in the uk but oh my word i wish we did it's so good <laughs> can you tell me then we see the judges there with the clipboards and everything, watching a band walking towards them. Libby, can you tell us what are they looking for in a street march competition? It's it's really interesting before I answer your question, Ray, there's, hmm. and I hope I'm not out of place saying this, but growing up in pipe bands, we hate the street march. Yeah, <laughs> it's do. such a wow. draw for us. <laughs> so it's it's been really funny, especially this year, because the comments on the feed were people were just like, this is the best thing ever, seeing yeah. the bands and the marching and the uniforms and stuff. 
And it's so funny because it's always this bone of contention or it was when I was playing because the street march used to be on the Saturday morning before and it was all like the the contest format was a bit different. Mm. And so I remember, and even for other contests, you know, you play and then often there's a street march afterwards and everyone's like, oh, we have to leave the beer tent to go and do the street march or we have to put our uniform back on. So it's (laughs) been a really good, I have to touch on this, it's been such a good check-in for us, I think, um, as a pipe band family in New Zealand to remember that actually people love this and it's such mm. a good promotional tool for pipe bands, even though it probably feels like a bit of a chore. Um, but anyway, to answer your question, yeah. um, and Liam will probably feed into this too because he was a judge, <laughs> but there's a whole lot of different things because the, the judges are spread out across the street march, which has got two wheels in it. So you start off from point A, you do a wheel and then you do quite a long, um, long straight and then you do another one to finish. And so there's music judges dotted across the course, and then you've got your drill and deportment and dress as well. So I, oh, right. um, yeah. it's, and it's this funny thing because when you're playing, you kind of, you know, you're playing a couple of tunes over and over, and then you can see where these judges are. And because most of us sort of know the judges, so you'll, you'll, you'll maybe, you know, just get a, your posture might be a little bit Straight better when you a little see bit. a judge. Yeah. And then, where there isn't one, you might go, oh, okay, right, we'll just get this through this next bit. <laughs> and there's this thing that I, I don't know if it's universally known, but the street march curse where you always get to that tricky bit of music that you know is going to be a little bit messy just as you get to the drumming judge or the piping oh, judge. Oh, typical, yeah. It's a psychological <laughs> minefield, that street march. Um, but, and, and Liam can probably touch on exactly, you know, is it is it different to the when you're in the circle judging? But, um, yeah, there's it's this... I think they can be up to half, like 500 metres, half a kilometre or 400 metres. It's a decent distance yeah. where you're thinking about your dress, you're thinking about the deportment and the, and then you get, you're coming up to a wheel mm. and look, if you're ever in New Zealand for a street march, stand by where the wheel is because that's where it's either really good or the, especially that back rank, man, oh, there's no. some crabbing going. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> So, yeah, how important is the marching and the music and that mix of it, Liam? Like, what is a judge after? Yeah, so um, so, so the street march isn't part of the championship, so it's only the MSR and the media that counts towards it, but but the street march is a judged event, and, and I sort of have to agree with Libby, and I'll probably get in a bit of trouble here, but it was just the worst thing to do when you were growing <laughs> up, and, and and even in when I was... When I was um, in, in, in the grade one, you know, you're actually usually playing the street march the day before the championship events or the morning of the championship events. And yeah. so if you, if it's a wet day and even if it's cold, you know, you're getting the pipes wet, you know, if if, if it is raining, the, the, the heads on the drums are going to get affected. And so it's it's never actually fantastic for mm. the, the really serious top bands. But from a promotional perspective, it is fantastic. And, and, and in terms of what you're looking for when you're judging, Unfortunately, you you don't get the whole performance, so you're sort of you're stationed in, in a place. And so I was stationed sort of right at the, the beginning, so from just just between the the point A and then the first wheel. And so you only get like thirty seconds of the performance, so it's very sort of much just a, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, you there's, there's there's no super set places that you have to stand, but you try and spread yourself out and you try and listen to as much as possible, but. It's it's very much like being in the circle, you know. Good tone, good technique, good music. Hopefully, no mistakes. 
Um, but then you do have the element of drill. And so you've got the, the which thankfully I don't judge because I can't march to save myself. Um, <laughs> it's something I was never good in the band and I was always responsible, for, you know, for, for, for my side of the band falling apart a wee bit. But they, 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 they station themselves right across um, the um, right across the street march um, course and they're looking to make sure all the lines are straight and things like that. But there's also a drum majors judge there as well. So the drum oh, major right. championship. Happens. So, yeah, so that, that's kind of another difference from the UK. So the Drum Major Championship actually happens on the street march. So oh, each of the dual judges yeah. have about 10 points to give to each drum major that comes past, plus there's someone else that adjudicates just the drum major. And so right. that's really there. Well, that, that's really there on any major championship thing. So it, it's certainly now looking back at it, it is a fantastic promotional tool. But when you're in a when you're in a band and it's it's you know the day before mm. the contest or even the day after the contest the last thing you really feel like doing yeah uh, yeah you wouldn't want to entertain that for sure especially if it was lashing with rain yeah not not fun but i have to say for folks watching it in the uk here like that's all us on the rap show could talk about we're like this is such a good idea why aren't we doing this here i think now you've kind of explained it a bit better maybe hmm, yeah second thoughts might be had yeah <laughs> uh, so rolling forward then tell you what, though, yeah oh sorry i was just like one of the things that um I'm really big on though. It te- when you when you learn about street marches when you're growing up in pipe bands, it's actually mm-hmm. a little bit of kind of that discipline in your life that that can flow through other aspects of just general life. You know, turning yeah. up and working together in that teamwork. So um, as much as we always were like, oh, this is a bit of a chore. When you look back, we probably have become uh, better human beings for doing street marches because you do learn to think about how you work as a team. Because if one person's out, everybody's out. So I probably a go. shout out for for those people drilling the drill into us growing up as well. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, and still a bit of discipline and stuff, I guess, and some teamwork. Yeah, uh, but mm. I know I've been to some competitions and you can barely get the kilt wrap around some people on a Saturday. You know, you're come on, mate, that's tied on a string. What are you doing? Um, so yeah, I think uh, uh, folks in the UK could certainly learn from drill and stuff from you guys. You know for sure. <laughs> So anyway, I'm bringing on to my next question then. Is it rolling forward then? Uh, what do you guys have for us in future then for the next Nationals? What's ahead of us, Liam? Yeah, so funny you should ask that because we literally just had a meeting with Libby and Phil and the team this week. And so it was that question again, you know, this the, the, this was fantastic, but how do we do it better? So mm-hmm. next year, 2024, is uh, in Tamaki, Makoto, Auckland. So a real big plug for any big grab show listeners to to, to get over to New Zealand because it's go. probably the easiest you're going to have. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of the live show, certainly we've, we've got a lot of fresh new ideas. We really want to make it um, even better next year. And, and we also want to make it, um, the Nationals more broadly, something where we do get more members of the public in. So this time was fantastic that we did run out of tickets and we just kind of started letting people in. We want to make it even bigger and we want to make it, I, th- I think for New Zealand, um, we're probably a little bit less fortunate in terms of pipe bands aren't something that you sort of grow up with necessarily in, in, in and around our major cities. You know, if you're involved with pipe bands, you know about it, but it's not necessarily as widespread as it would be in the UK. So big focus for us is making sure that more people know about it, more people can engage with it, and we can get more people through the door because, you know, it'll it'll only take, you know, someone watching a street march or getting in the gate and listening to a pipe band to get the bug and to get a new learner. And so a big focus for us is that. So 2024 is not too far away. It'll be, I think, the second weekend of March. So if you're thinking about coming out, absolutely encourage you to do that. Oh, there you go. Second weekend in March. That could be St. Patrick's weekend as well. That could be a lot of fun, actually. Yes, mm. absolutely. 
Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, Libby, will we be seeing you back on the stream again? I have to say, you've done a fantastic job. I know what it's like presenting the show, and it's difficult. And you were doing it live as well. That's a challenge. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Rob. Yeah, it was, uh, as Liam said, we had a bit of a catch-up and a bit of a debrief this week. It's just such a pleasure to be able to be a part of the team. Um and I jokingly said to the guys, I never expect to come back if you know, there may be a there may be a much better person to do this, but um it's so much fun and I'm always happy to promote pipe bands um to, to an international audience of, of pipe banders anyway, but also to those people that maybe um want to get into it or as, as Liam said, one person listens to a street march and, and gets the bug. Um so yeah, it's what we've been thinking about too is um Phil you know, we look at the comments and, and Phil and I in the past have um, had a bit of banter and we we had to admit we had a few, um, some of our friends would say to us, chuck a couple of words into the live stream and try and oh, describe. No. You know, I won't mention any of them because if I use them, then people will start noticing them. But words that probably are outside of the context of pipe band, bringing them to that context. And we we kind of made this pact, oh, we'll we'll maybe not go down that track this time and keep it nice and professional. Um, but I think we got some really good feedback that having Phil giving some of that commentary is great and being able to banter with him is really good, but actually just yeah, bringing the outside in as well. So we've, we're hopefully going to look to see if we can take more of it sort of outside the circle uh, mm. and bring kind of bring Phil out a wee bit as well um, to be able to get more there. So, I mean, we're... Again, I'm just really happy to support the the wider team working on this and the uh, the pipe band association down here. But I think that we'd be really open to feedback. You know, if there's if some of your listeners or viewers, if if they've got feedback or what they want to see, um, don't be afraid to send that in. And and I know Liam is um, really you know the brains behind this and and some of the other gents that he works alongside. But um, yeah, we're we're kind of open to doing what the people want I think to to a certain extent it's it's something we can do but yeah it's just it's so much fun being able to not only be there but just to talk to some of the people that make all the magic happen oh brilliant fantastic stuff so for that being said then I would urge people to go and check out the RNZ PBA website that has links to everything there all the socials and of course the YouTube channel if you haven't caught the videos by now I don't know what you're doing. Uh, I've told you so many times to go and watch it. Um, so, guys, I am so chuffed that the Nationals were as successful as they were. And the live stream was incredible. Full congratulations to you. It's uh, You could tell a lot of hard work went into that. So thank you for all of your international audience who were tuning in. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, thanks for taking time to well, chat with listening. us on the pod. Yeah. And uh, sure, we'll catch up with you again. And oh. Next time, I, I hope someone makes a Libby O'Brien bingo game. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> For certain words? Do I say the same words quite a lot? I don't know. I don't know. But somebody's made it for Bob Worrell. I'm thinking they might make one for you. That'd be a bit of fun. Yeah, it's it's funny. I feel like Bob's Bob's like a pro, you know. Bob, I don't know. Maybe he goes and he does his practice and stuff. So I think of yeah, let's do that. Let's. I think your listeners can get that in the mix next time. And that'll be fun. That'll be be fun. Yeah. Uh, So Libby, Liam, thank you both so much for taking time to chat this this week, and I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Take care. 
Fantastic stuff there. I'm sure you will agree. Honestly, folks, really, you need to go and check out all of their incredible coverage. And if anything, I've watched back at all the live streams, uh, both from the Street March competitions and from the Friday and the Saturday. I've watched them back maybe a couple of times now. And yeah, I, I just can't get over the sheer production value that's there and just how useful all of this footage is for both the association and for the bands. It's just amazing. That's uh, yeah. Full credit to everyone there at the New Zealand Association. That uh, yeah, my hat comes off if I was wearing one. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Libby and to Liam for taking time to chat with us here on the Rab Show podcast this week. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. All right, well, that's pretty much it for this week's Big Rab Show podcast. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. And if you did, then please do email us in as always. Our email address: bigrabshow at gmail dot com. That address again: bigrabshow at gmail dot com. And as always. If you want to come stay completely anonymous, you can send it through us to our weekly drone. TheBigRabShow.com forward slash weekly drone. The big button right at the top of our website. You can go and click on there and give us your feelings, warts and all, completely anonymously. Yeah. Now, as I said, this weekend, yeah, we're heading to Balamoni for a huge big charity tattoo. I've been told now that tickets for it are completely sold out. So I know I mentioned it in Dates for Your Diary, but... uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's a sold-out event. So, yeah, the Balamoni Tattoo is going to be on Friday 31st and Saturday the 1st of April, and it's just going to be an epic event. I am incredibly nervous, if I'm honest. Uh, um, this is outside of my comfort zone, but, yeah, I'll be there presenting the show. I'll be the compare on the evening, introducing all the acts and stuff and explaining the proceedings to everyone in the audience. So, mm, Knowing that it's going to be sold out and there could be hundreds of people here, it's quite a daunting task. But I'm looking forward to it at the same time because we're going to be raising a lot of money for charity. So, yeah, it's going to be quite an awesome event. Hopefully, we'll be able to turn it into some kind of a podcast for you. And next week's episode of The Rab Show will be quite interesting. Yeah. (laughs) If not, well, don't worry. We'll have another interesting topic for you. That's for sure. Anyway, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thank you, everyone, for downloading this week and each and every week. Don't forget to tell your mates about our wee show, about what we're doing over here, talking about our love of the Great Highland Bagpipe each and every week. Uh, we wouldn't miss it, and we hope you wouldn't either. There you are. All right, folks, we're out the door, and we'll see you in the next podcast next week. All the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thank you to our sponsor, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, they are the champion's choice. Played by two-time world champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com to be kept up to date with all the latest news and views from the piping world. And also check us out on Patreon. For five bucks a month, you can get your hands on tons of extra piping goodness and be part of the Patreon faithful. So until next week, guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best. <laughs>